This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of My Dad Wrote a Dumb Woman. I'm your host woman Hannah Varrell and my dad's latest book was called 5G Spectrum and Standards. True story. With me, as usual, are Pots and Pans fan, Alexandra Haddo. Yeah, I'm at the stage of life now where a non-stick fryer is up there with casual sex. And always strips naked in interviews, Caroline O'Donoghue. Hi, Hannah. I also insist that people I interview be naked. Well, you're in luck. <laughs> this week, we're learning about how smart men invented CDs, sunglasses and polio. This episode may contain Forrest Gump references. Now that you're properly warned, let's get on with the show. Did Forrest Gump actually have polio? Well, we'll find out, because that's my question. Uh, Spoiler. No, he did not. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, did they ever properly explain what was going on there? I don't think they did. He was just I kind just of remember embraces, Sally Field right? shagging the headmaster to yeah, get so school. He, yeah. And as a kid, I was like, <gasps> scandalous. So, Alex, you're going to start us off this week. What's your lesson about? My lesson is about a defunct technology. It's CDs. Oh. And vinyl. How do they make music? Or did they make music happen? How did music come out of them? Um, they read them. Yes. I don't know. The end. Ha- the things read them. <laughs> Tiny smart men inside the CD player. Yes. A laser goes on the CD. It is a laser. There's a laser. Oh. Yeah. She knows. Do you know why I know that? Why? Because in the 90s, lasers were huge. Lasers were huge in the 90s. Remember Mission Impossible? And then every film after Mission Impossible, everything was lasers yes, all the time. like that scene in that weird film where Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery have weird sexual tension and she oh, has to yeah. go under and over and through the lasers because she's replicating the bank that she's going to steal something from. That what? film is so famous and I don't know the plot. I only know about Sean Connery and the lasers. <laughs> <laughs> and then she swims in the lake every day and he's like, oh, she's on the lake. And is she making CDs? In the like, she is. is the plot of the film of entrapment. That's <laughs> trapping that they've, CDs. They've got bootleg CD business. <laughs> <laughs> they take the car boot sales on the weekend. We've got a UB40. Personally. Shakira. Shawadi Wadi. Are you avoiding talking about CDs? <laughs> I am, guys, because I read it. I read about them for two hours today and I'm still none the wiser. That's how dumb I am about CDs. Why did you think they'd be interesting and why were you wrong? Because I couldn't understand. I thought they'd be weird because I couldn't understand how this little disc... There's nothing to vibrate off of apart from the disc. It's not vibrations, it is lasers. Um, So anyway, I will enlighten us all by showing you, telling you how CDs work. Please do. 
An ordinary CD is a sandwich of plastic in which bumps have been pressed in by a master disc. So I guess it's similar to vinyl. There are bumps, but you just can't see the bumps. Okay. They're digital. Um, the master is burned with a laser beam that etches bumps called pits into its surface. The dull side usually has a label on it telling you what's on the CD. Ofs. And the shiny side is the important part. It's shiny so that a laser beam can bounce off the disc and read the information stored on it. So it's so shiny that the laser reflects. And then there's all there's a lot of zeros and ones that it translates the data into music. But and how? that is as far as I understood. So essentially, inside your CD player, there's a, min- a miniature laser beam and a small photoelectric cell. When you press play, the electric motor makes the disc rotate at high speed up to 500 reps per minute. Because I also Googled, why do CDs spin? Mm. Because it's it's because the laser is only on one little trajectory, so it needs to spin to get. So it has tracks yeah. like like yes, a vinyl, like exactly. when the needle goes in towards the yeah. middle. And but it, with a CD, it goes from the middle outwards. Does it now? It does. It's different, um, and it scans the track. So basically, what happens is a loudspeaker then transforms the electric currents that the laser receives from the disc into sounds you can hear by changing their electrical energy into sound energy. No, I don't but but okay, how does how does that turn into music? How how I do just, they read it? Is it like oh that's a na na like I don't ha- understand how, how I've tried You're so you're to still learn. dumb about CDs. I'm still dumb about CDs. It's a dumb woman first, probably third. Um and it, it it's it's blown my mind. I can't do it. It's lasers transforming binary code into sounds. That's how, if I was going to put it in one sentence. But I don't know how. And then there's <laughs> just a smart mechanic somewhere that changes the binary into the noise, but we don't... Yeah, but, but like, I mean, how did they figure out that it could do that? Who invented... Th- who was like... That yeah, was your do- job this week, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I got so concerned with trying to work out how they work. Well... Um, actually, somebody called Emil Berliner kind of started the modern process that we now know today as CDs. Right. But I, he's dead now, so I can't speak to him. As are his life's work. So. As, yeah. Yeah. I mean, God forbid whoever invented the mini disc. Yeah. I bet they yeah. took out some loans and now they are heavily repaying them. I still buy CDs, actually. Really? Yes, but only in very specific circumstances, which is um, whenever I'm going on a road trip and the rental car does not have a USB cable, I go down to the Poundland that I live above and I buy five CDs, which is why I own uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium, uh, The yeah, Cores. Five, five for a quid. Yeah, in my Poundland, yeah. Whoa. It's also really awkward because um, whenever you're going to a gig, like a friend's gig or a friend of a friend and you want to buy something to support the artist especially if it's a free gig oh yeah all you can buy is their fucking CD and you're like oh yeah. just go home and use this as a fucking coaster like, yeah <laughs> like bust and listen to you your SoundCloud yeah. yeah and they've got like their guitar case open with their CDs in it being like CDs five pounds it's like yeah. I may as well put that five pound in the bin with my egg brunch <laughs> <laughs> well this is hmm, this is actually a good time to plug our dear friend of the podcast Harry Harris who writes our jingles oh, oh. 
good segue. He's actually currently, because um, he's a musician and he has that same struggle with CDs, the fact that nobody wants to buy CDs. So he's actually creating a little uh, graphic booklet that just has a download code and has like loads of like fun lyrical art and stuff. Oh, oh so it's yeah. like the CD case. Because remember when you used to get the CD cases the and case they have all the, the lyrics bit, yeah. in them? That was the best bit. Yeah. And like photography that you hadn't seen before of the band. Completely. Like even after people got like Napster and LimeWire and stuff, I, people Lime still Wire. bought CDs. Oh my God, I remember that. that. Yeah. So how does vinyl work then? Because you said it's kind of in a similar way. Do you know what? Let's not even go into it, Hannah. It was such a mindfuck with CDs. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. Still CDs, a mystery then. CDs are magical. They involve lasers. Who knew? So basically, there's probably a laser in your nan's house because nans are the only ones that still have CDs. Is there a special reward or badge or rosette we need made up for when the dumb woman has tried her dumb hardest, but still she doesn't really get it and we can just move on? Yeah, I think it's called the stupidity hat. Okay. I think we can do better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe the dumb woman acceptance award. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's acceptance, isn't it? Yeah. I tried, I failed, I'll move on because this technology is defunct and I'm alive and young and sexy. Yes. So we've learned that we don't understand how simple technology like CDs and vinyl works, but we're just going to try and tackle something harder. It's our Women Who Code Mixer. Yay! I've brought some CDs to play at the mixer. Today we're learning about how men share codes with other men using GitHub. Personally, when I get a code, I like to share it too, because I know everyone wants 20% off at MS to buy those black pants, which everyone has. Yeah, and everyone sends it around the office. Yeah. Team at. Yeah. All team at. People feel so magnanimous, don't they, when they're sending around a discount code? They're like, I'm just going to dole my riches out. <laughs> yeah. 10% at Uniqlo. <laughs> Thank me later. <laughs> So anyway, what is GitHub? Is it something you guys have heard of before? Is it a collection of Gittish men? Kind of. So this is the official definition. GitHub is a web-based Git or version control repository and internet hosting service. Um, And because I didn't understand that, I put it in a Google Translate Ah. um, and I changed it from English to Greek to Chinese and then mm. back again, mm. uh, and it didn't help at all. Oh. Yeah. So not putting it into the Romance languages, not help you understand the nope. root of it or anything? Not at all. Okay. So it's basically, it's used by people who are creating computer software, like games and things, or apps, that uh, they have to use coding to create codes like the bricks that form the app. Yes. Um, and it allows everyone to work on it at once without getting in each other's way. So you can take out a section of code and work on it, and then put it back. Is it like a Google Doc for dorks? Yeah, sort of. But you won't accidentally delete each other's stuff. Oh, even better. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, if you need a more familiar metaphor, it's yeah. a bit like when you go around to your mates for dinner and what they've made tastes of nothing. Um, and so you have to secretly add condiments bit by bit when they're not looking. But then you pass the condiments under the table to everyone else. Uh, I have um. done that because I've actually got a mate who regularly cooks roasts. And then she's like, oh, I forgot to do the gravy. And then I'm just sat there, livid. And so now I have to just sort of bring OXO cubes in my bag and pretend that like, oh, I just had them here. Make the gravy. You're so northern. Don't commit to the roast if you've got no gravy. No. You cannot have a dry roast. I feel like, Hannah, you're actively subtweeting me because <laughs> I invited you both round to my palace. Um, yeah, it was a very saucy tea. Uh, no, I, I think I just melted some mozzarella into some 
into oh, some mozzarella saucy. That was bloody delicious. I mean, I did bring hot sauce, but you did and olives. So <laughs> clearly, you're both afraid of my bland, bland food. Let's I am not. move on. <laughs> Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, we had also been planning in this segment to make fun of the name GitHub because GitHub is a funny name. It's so good. Um, but unfortunately, it's called GitHub because the man who invented it named it after himself in a self-referential, hilarious move. Oh, so he was like, I'm a Git, here's my hub. Yes. So uh. it seems like he might be a man with a sense of humour and we're not sure how to cope with that. Um, oh. Apparently, there are some men who've invented things that they didn't name after themselves. but we Name yet, one. Yet to find one. Yeah. Exactly. Can't do that. I mean, even Obamacare, even Obama succumbed. I know, yeah. like the goodest, bestest man. And yeah. he had to name a healthcare system after himself. Yeah. I mean, like, technically it's called the Affordable Care Act, but like, it's called Obamacare and he's not been correcting people. He's yeah. definitely referred to it as Obamacare. I he told Joe that. Biden. Joe Biden was like, guys, yeah. just on the DL. Can I just quickly say that can we bring back the word git as an insult? Because I think it's fantastic. It is. It's a good one, isn't it? It's really good. Like, oh, mm. you git. I'd also to bring back wank as like a... That's wank. Yeah. So just, that's wank. He's wank. Yeah. yeah. That is so wank. Yeah. I'm very on board with that. Yeah. Also, very quickly, can we invent a word that women can use for wanking? Because, like, when I say wanking, I picture myself, like, with an imaginary penis. Yeah. Oh. It's always very, yeah, like... I just say wanking, yeah. Maloon time. Solo. <laughs> Ooh. Frigging. Ooh. Awful. <laughs> Tickling the petals. Tickling the petals. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, you've become a public health doctor this week uh, and you've learnt all about a disease. A disease. I have spent at least two hours today reading about uh, polio. What do you guys know about polio? Polio. <laughs> Just you've been singing it for the past half hour. Polio, leo, 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 leo. Yo, leo. Yo, leo. Um, but seriously, do you guys know anything about polio? Is it still around? It's dead now, isn't it? It's dead now. Yeah, gone. I it's didn't realize dead and it gone. was dead because I said, "Oh, like you know, we want to be careful with you know joking about diseases because diseases aren't generally funny." And then you said, "Oh, polio's yeah, polio's dead." Gonzo. But, um, but polio was uh, just a thing that people got in the 1920s, wasn't it? And then they couldn't use their legs anymore. I mean, that's basically everything I knew about it as well. Like, every so often you'd watch, like, Mad Men or something and there'd be, like, a kid going around with, like, leg braces and crutches and stuff and you'd be like, oh, polio. Yeah, because yeah. that's, that's why I thought Forrest Gump had it. Yeah, I don't think he... I, I didn't actually check that, but as far as I remember the film, he had just, like, a misc leg problem, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And that was, like... I don't think he had... I don't think they mentioned polio. No. I don't think it was, yeah. And no. considering how incredibly deadly it was... I think they would have mentioned it. Yeah, fine. <laughs> For the light-hearted film about one man's struggle with world history. Um, <laughs> um, but no, uh, so... Polio. It's totally gone. It's totally gone, yeah. Wow, Which that's is great. Right. It's really, really weird. It's one of those things where, um, like, within sort of my f dad's lifetime, people were dying at a fairly huge rate. I mean, wow. so just to give you a, a little recap on what polio actually is... It's a disease which causes spinal and respiratory paralysis and it can kill. Huge numbers of people died from it. Um, and it generally attacks kids because kids have weaker immune systems. God, and I'm so glad you brought this to the comedy podcast. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, it's uh, incurable, but the vaccines have basically made it irrelevant today. Oh. And what I find so, so fascinating about it is that, like, 
it was literally this play that every single summer, like, especially if you were in America, especially if you lived in cities, like, between 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like, there would just be a sweep of polio. Seriously? Did they know what caused it? Was it, like, infectious? It it took people a while to cop on. There was loads of urban legends that, like, you know... People thought it was like cats, people thought it was fleas, people thought it was bananas at one point. Oh, poor bananas. Yeah, poor bananas. Fucking cats and the fleas. Yeah. And it makes you, it really makes you think, because like obviously today's parents, they get all this flack for being super overprotective and stuff. And people always talk about like parents in the, in the olden days who were just like, let their kids play in the fields. And it was all with the (laughs) knives and the bears. Um, uh, But like genuinely, there was like the paranoia was huge. Like people were afraid of having birthday parties, they were afraid of going to pools, and it would always be huge swathes of it during the summer as well. So you'd literally have your kids cooped up and you'd be too afraid to go to the park with them because they had polio. So why was it in the in the summer? I don't really understand why it was in the summer. I think it's because in general, um diseases thrive in summertime. Right. Uh because like fleas and ticks and that kind of stuff breed and, and bacteria uh, bacteria oh, breeds as warmer, well. Yeah. So that's why a lot of diseases tend to happen within summer times. Um, to give you an idea of like how many people were being affected by this, like fifty-seven thousand people in 1952 were attacked by polio just in the US. And so, if you got it, you definitely died. You didn't definitely. Like, you there was a high chance you could die, and it was so terrifying because it was almost like you know in bloody in Moses. <laughs> in Moses. <laughs> you know in Moses when like uh, the spirit comes and like takes the firstborn of every house and it just like sweeps through and yeah. then it was almost like that as like it would come to a community like it would take one kid and not another and there was seemed to be almost no rhyme or reason as to why it was happening. So it's basically like grammar schools. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but with disease. <laughs> Polio is the selective school system of disease. Uh, my favourite thing about covering this disease is just seeing how we can like arm wrestle it into being funny because like I think it'll be a real like testament to how good we are at running a comedy podcast and we can make polio funny polio <laughs> well what did cause it was it something ridiculous no no not really it was just like a lot of it was like your standard disease thing infected water like there wasn't any one uh, thing it oh. was just a virus that could I mean a lot of it was in poo as well in like animal poo but it was contagious then Hugely contagious, Fine. yeah. Oh, God. So there was no prevention, no cure, and no pattern. So Ooh. can you imagine, like, every year having kids and that being the reality, and every year seeing more kids on crutches and stuff? <gasps> because, like, huge amount of kids died. Um, huge amount of kids had to go into iron lungs. Do you know what iron lungs are? Oh, that like machines that breathe for them. Yeah. Oh. So the kids made entire, like, years of their lives, and they can't even, like, take their teddy bears in with them because it's so viral. And they're just, like, literally lying there having... Oh. My God! It's, like I was seriously in my flat crying today about polio. Yeah, which is so weird because it's like I now consider it to be one of these like kind of oh the fifties like poodle skirts, you know, big cars, polio. Yeah, <laughs> it's just one of those things, isn't it? But I, I and if you had if you had the leg braces, could you ever? Did you ever recover like physically, or did you have to walk with? Not assistance? totally. You generally tended to be paralyzed. Um, so. You know, one of the most famous polio sufferers of all time and one of the people that sort of uh, was instrumental in getting rid of it was Franklin D. Roosevelt, FDR. Oh, Uh, I was about to say, God, tell me how it ended. (laughs) (laughs) Bring some light back into my life. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, again, none of us are American, so we're not really up on our presidents that weren't around in our lifetime. But FDR was sort of like just 
post the Great Depression. This guy, he got put, he was like a governor or a senator or whatever. He was in public life. He got polio at 39, <gasps> which is incredibly late. Like yeah. mostly attacks kids. Gets polio, becomes like paralyzed from the waist down. And then has to like, and if you think of American politics as well, like they wouldn't like think, remember Hillary, like in like how much scrutiny there was about like her weakness and like her yeah she had flu and everyone was like well she can't be president exactly and yeah. when you think like, that's human that's normal when you think how incredibly like seriously uh, America formerly took the presidency and like how much they hold it as part of like their core ideals that they they don't have a kingship they have a president and they elect the president the fact that they elected somebody in a wheelchair to be the the symbol of their nation for God, we really have gone back. I say we. They really have gone backwards. <laughs> it's, it's it's insane, isn't it? Like wrapping my head around that for the first time. Like obviously I knew that they had a wheelchair president, but really thinking about like they had a wheelchair president. I didn't know. I didn't know they did have a president that used a wheelchair. Yeah. Well, they did. <laughs> and the weird thing about it is, is like there was this um constant sort of war of attrition of how they were going to portray his polio. So. Um, it was kind of great timing in a way because yeah. America had just suffered the Great Depression and he became almost this symbol of like, you know, America was sick and I'm making it well and I was sick and I'm making it well. Like oh. So this guy, I was listening to his speeches today and they're just infused with like medical rhetoric all the way through. And he was served for absolutely ages. And like... He was just always like, oh, America needed a doctor and I saw America's chart. And like it was all medical rhetoric all the time. <laughs> now America's like... shit the bed and no one's cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> America's shit the bed and no one knows what to do. Bring back our president in a wheelchair. Um, so he sort of, I mean, obviously the fact that kids were dying was a huge thing as well but he was behind what was is now called the March for Dimes so it was like everybody in America donates a dime to the polio cause and the dime became really significant because it's like a small enough amount of money that a child can donate it yeah um, so this became this huge huge thing like America really like pulled together to just fucking get rid of polio what so you're saying that people in America who weren't ill gave money to help people that <laughs> it's were it's amazing Ill. isn't it like what in some kind of a fuck? A healthcare collective oh, thing. They like collectively an, decided hmm. that public health was uh, something they cared about and they donated money despite the fact that it may not affect them. Whoa, hang on. I That's know. Amazing. And a dime is what? Is that like 5p, 10p? I think it's like, it's, some, it's, it's very small. It's 5p, right? Yeah. Small. yeah. Right, okay. I know it's small. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> I've seen all the movies. Because it's more than a quarter and a quarter is 25 cents. Ah. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say it's 5p. Five cents. Yeah. Five yeah, cents. Let's, let's go with that. But either way, they Americans willingly gave their money for a public health cause and that's something we should all marvel at. Yeah. <laughs> Could call it like a national health donation thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, the March for Dimes was um, hugely successful and it funded a lot of uh, vaccination research. And obviously polio, given the fact that it's not even a thing we talk about anymore, is one of the most successful vaccination case studies of all time and the more you read about it the more you think like people who don't vaccinate their kids are irresponsible and terrible and shouldn't be allowed to have kids and like people can come at me if they want Jenny McCarthy <laughs> whatever like but like it's insane what, Jim Carrey's uh, ex yeah she's like super like vaccinations cause autism oh, okay. yeah oh. it's mental yeah so in the 1930s they the whole understanding behind vaccination is that you have a small amount of a live disease injected into your body and then your body creates antibodies for that yeah. disease and then yeah. you, everyone knows, right? Um, 
but the understood wisdom was that you could only have a live disease in order for your body to create that and they had tried that methodology with polio before but because polio is so strong and attacks the body so quickly um, it had resulted in like huge amount of kids dying from the trials so they were super afraid to go back to that idea and then this like revolutionary scientist called Jonas Salk in the 50s he believed that if you could just do it with a dead disease um, and inject that into the body it could produce the same effects like you could essentially trick your body into thinking it polio um, making making the antibodies good old Jonas good old mm. Jonas man and like completely he was totally flying in the face of all medical understanding at the time and every kind of research into how viral diseases spread everyone was like no this guy's an absolute coot um, and he ended up doing it successfully like injecting people with like a dead disease wow and creating the polio vaccine and uh, yeah and it was like even watching that spread was amazing because like he first had to do it in a ward of kids who'd already had polio and so he injected them he had to inject them with more polio to make sure they didn't get it again because you can get it twice it's not in the chicken box right so he had to like go to other it's people's kids joy, isn't it? other people's kids who had already come close to death who had survived it and say oh. like I'm going to inject your kids with some more polio is that cool? I've had enough polio for now <laughs> I'm good <laughs> thanks I'm full of polio yeah, yeah. and like adult with polio <laughs> absolutely to the brim yeah uh, and yeah and he, he injected himself he injected his own kids like he had to be completely single-minded and commit to it otherwise not do it at all because if you got it wrong he was fucked and uh, yeah it turned out to be a success and now we basically polio was eradicated in America, Europe and Australia by 1980 um, it kind of carried on in sort of parts of Asia and parts of Africa uh, until the kind of early noughties but there hasn't been a reported case since 2012 wow yeah well done Yodas well, well done, done. The smart man. Yeah. Saved us all. So in this week's episode, we have a new mysterious growth. Can you take a look, actually? It's just like sort of under... Oh, I think that might be your dead twin. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit itchy. Disgusting and vile. Mm, Twins Uh, will do that. Oh, hang on. It's a new segment. This week, I've enlisted the help of a qualified doctor to help work out what my dumb body is doing and why. I spoke to Dr. Harren in our private dumb clinic. Hi, doctor. Thanks for for seeing me today. Um... I've just got this thing, which is probably nothing, but I'm a little bit worried about it. Um, I seem to be getting like just an abnormally large amount of fluff in my belly button, like way more than I would think was normal. Um, Am I doing something wrong? Is it something to be worried about? Okay, well, well, that's nothing to worry about, honestly. Um, It's quite normal to get fluff in your belly button. The reason why it happens is the hair around your belly button has got a scaly kind of structure it collects the fibres of your clothes and it kind of throws it into your belly button in a weird way because they're arranged in a circle. Uh, it's not just the fibres off your clothes it's collecting. It's also collecting a few more harmless things like uh, skin, fat, sweat and dust. And they just collect in your belly button and they don't do anything bad to you. So it's honestly nothing to worry about. I guess the only real cure is to shave off your belly button hair altogether. I mean, yeah, I suppose I'm meant to be shaving everything else as well, so... Uh, all right. Um, and just while I've got you here, I hope you don't mind if I just ask one more question. Um, I have this hair on my nipple that just keeps 
coming back. Um, it's really long. Every time I pluck it, it's back within like five days or something. I, I, just, I just don't understand why this keeps happening to me. Uh, that is quite strange, actually. Uh, are you doing any learning or revision for anything at the moment? Um, no, I mean, I, I just enrolled in the School for Dumb Women. Ah, that's got to be it then. Uh, just as a man grows hair with wisdom and age, you're also gaining in wisdom and therefore growing hairs because of it. So it's actually a very positive sign. Oh, fine, good. So I should expect more hairs. If you keep on learning at this rate, then yeah, sure. So I think we all learn a lot about uh, myself and my body this week. Too much. Yeah. Mm. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Let's move on to our last segment this week, which is me. And I'm talking about something which is probably more important than CDs uh, or polio. I'm talking about how it's summer now, as you may have noticed. Prime polio time. Exactly. Uh, Noticed by all the rain. (laughs) But generally, summer means three things. Men taking their shirts off in the park and making you feel aroused and uncomfortable. Mm. Um, Ice cream all down your new worktop from Zara. Yeah. Mm Uh, and every single person who you would think is a five going straight up to a nine. Oh, wait, no, hang on. They've just put sunglasses on. <gasps> that is true. Yeah. Why does anyone with sunglasses on suddenly look five million times hotter than before? Because it's like it's like putting sun cream on. It's not sexy. It's protection for your eyes. You're right. I think it's like in winter, a man in a suit goes up like five points. Mm. And in summer, it's sunglasses. You're right. Yeah. But And tragically, they're both covering a lot of themselves up yes i love a covered man though don't you oh i love a covered man sure but have you ever got with someone where you thought they were you know okay but then the clothes were hiding a secret bod uh yeah anyway so that was kind of my question for today um so as is becoming customary on the school for dumb women i'm going to ask you both when and by whom were sunglasses first invented (gasps) chinese um greek egyptians (laughs) I knew you would say the Chinese and the Egyptians. It's not the Chinese and it's not the Egyptians. Robert Mugabe. Um, it was, 
It was not Mugabe. Um, it was the Inuits in prehistoric and historic oh. time. Inuit peoples wore flattened walrus ivory glasses. It's glasses in, you know, quote marks because they would they didn't look through a lens, but they had um, things that covered their eyes and they just cut slits in them so that less of the sun's rays could get in. Oh, okay. So it helps, because obviously, you know, if there's snow about, that reflects the light too, so you get a lot of sun in your eyes. Mm, Yeah. Inuits, you are smart men. Mm. Ingenious wits. Mm. (laughs) But Caroline, Mm -hmm. actually, I was slightly lying to you uh, earlier, because the Chinese were still very early adopters of sunglasses. That's my boy, the Chinese! (laughs) Of course they bloody were. And they apparently used to wear... Sunglasses made from flat panes of smoky quartz, um, which helps to protect the eyes from glare. And that was in the 12th century or possibly earlier. What? It's always them. Yeah. Good, aren't they? Yeah. They're so good. They're really good. They saw something see-through and they were like, if I put this closer to my eyes, then everything looks darker and that's a bit nice. I think in thousands of years, when dumb women of the future are doing their, you know, hypercard podcast or whatever people will be doing then, it will probably be written down that the Kardashians invented sunglasses. Yeah, mm. and selfies. Yeah. The Kardashians have ruined all the Inuits' work. <laughs> and ancient documents also describe the use of such crystal sunglasses, the quartz ones, by judges in ancient Chinese courts to hide their facial expression when they interrogated witnesses. <gasps> Can you imagine? Instead of those big wigs, they were just like, I've got some sunglasses on, deal with it. Oh, my God. Tell me if you stole that thing or not. That would be scary. Yeah. Imagine your judge just sitting there like an absolute G. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, with his aviators on. Yeah. With a boombox over his head. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Be like, I'm cool. I'm too cool for lies. Your Honour, I think we're indoors, actually. <laughs> I um, hate it when people wear... Oh, yeah, I've got a question. Why do celebrities wear sunglasses when they're on a chat show? Who do does they that? still do that? Yeah. Name one. Okay, there was a few on Graham Norton in like the last couple of series. As okay. As I promise. I've just realised I've forgotten to do something really important. Um, bear with me. I'm bearing. Here we go. <gasps> oh, you're putting your sunglasses on. I'm putting my sunglasses oh my on. I'm going to judge you from behind these. Oh, my God. I'm so horny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they're, guys, they're reflective aviators. So you're a pilot and Tom Cruise. Yes. Exactly, oh Caroline. Goodness. I'm going to wear these for the whole segment. Please do. May I continue? Um, So the Inuits had sunglasses and then um, the Chinese had sunglasses and then the sunglasses as we know them today, the ones that I'm wearing, a sort of bit flimsy and crap, uh, (laughs) made of like metal or plastic or something, um, were first produced uh, by Sam Foster in about 1929. Um, He had a company called Foster Grant and they used to make... That uh, still exists. Plastic combs. I've never heard of that. No. Oh, okay. Maybe they don't. No, I think they do, but I hadn't heard of them before. Oh. Um, But yeah, so they used to make plastic hair combs, and then in the 1920s, everyone got short haircuts. (gasps) And they were like, shit, no one's buying our combs anymore. Going to war and stuff, right? And like the women getting the bobbed haircuts and stuff. The bobbed haircuts, yeah. Yeah. But they realised that everyone still had eyes. Yes. So instead of making the combs, they started making sunglasses and selling them on the beach in Atlantic City in New Jersey, which is in America, um, which is quite cool. And then film stars started wearing them, uh, apparently because they used to film stuff under something called arc lamps that were really like 
painful made your eyes go a bit red because they were so bright yeah so they would get red eyes and they'd want to put sunglasses on also to avoid recognition by fans and what year was this uh, that was in the 1920s as well. And oh. then by the time the 1940s came around, 20 years, it's a pretty slow uptake. They were like a fashion item um, and they were a fad and people were wearing them on the streets and like it was a whole new thing. Um, I'm going to take these off because they're annoying me now. Oh, but I'm not attracted to you anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God. For a minute there, your name was Josh. <laughs> Josh, ask me out. I'm Cody. Oh, no, Josh asked me out, but it turned out to be a bet. <laughs> why is it always a bet? I need a makeover. <laughs> so, so yeah, why do we why do we find them so attractive? Why do I turn into Josh when uh, Josh. when I'm wearing them? Part of it is the association with film stars. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, you've seen film stars wearing something. Yeah, you want to do it because you want to look like a film star. Like that's pretty easy to understand mm. um, another reason why they are so cool is yeah the eye contact thing you can't see someone's eyes so well in the eyes of the window to the soul I see mm. so that's sort of mysterious and you don't you're sort of like intrigued by them you're like oh I, don't, I can't get this person I don't understand them mm, interesting wow hmm. and then also sunglasses are very symmetrical so if you put them on your face, your face looks more symmetrical. Oh, that makes so much sense. <gasps> yeah, and symmetry is an indicator, some people think, of beauty. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. And also, the area around your eyes tends to be a bit dodged. Like, that's where you'll get wrinkles and, yeah. you know, like weird colours. And they just cover it up. Simple as that. Take ten years off yourself by popping on some sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. So when they say the eyes are the window of the soul, what they actually mean is your eyes are the shittest bit of your face. Yeah. <laughs> your eyes show you for the old crow that you actually are. Exactly. They're too revealing. Um, and they kind of provide like a scaffolding effect too. So like I don't have cheekbones, but when I put sunglasses on, I kind of still look like my face has some structure and isn't just a blob. <laughs> so but as that's we learned useful. last week, scaffolding is highly dangerous and yes. not a good way to lead your life, Hannah. It's you true. could fall off your own facial scaffolding to an untimely death. <laughs> Show people the I real building not. of your face. Mm. Um, another study showed that people who wore sunglasses acted more selfishly and dishonestly than people wearing sunglasses. Because you think you're behind a secret tiny exactly. wall. Exactly. So mm. you feel more anonymous and unknown. And then when you're, if you're acting selfishly, you're the you're the bad boy. And so yeah. everyone's like, ooh, yeah. I want to kiss them. Do you think you'd have more selfish sex if you had sex with your sunglasses on? Oh, definitely you would. You totally would, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it would be all about you. Yeah. <laughs> you'd just be loving yourself. Yeah, just totally nude but with some yeah. shades on. <laughs> I'd be like touching my own hair, being yeah. like, check me out. Yeah, do it to me again. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the actual use of sunglasses is just to protect your eyes from the sun's rays. Um and one other really interesting fact I found out, you know how you get some dark lenses and some lighter lenses? Um, that actually isn't an indicator of how much they're protecting your eyes. So, you know, if you're looking, if you have a pair of sunglasses and they've got a really dark lens and you put them on and you, something can be really bright, but you still see it as quite dark with the sunglasses on. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're protecting your eyes more. The thing that protects your eyes is the UV rating. It's the UV rating, exactly, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, which does not have any link to the shade of the actual glasses. I know so that because I have to wear sunglasses when I'm playing my laser CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Lasers. Yeah, so glasses can protect your eyes against ultraviolet UV radiation. 
Um, and someone said there's been some speculation that sunglasses actually promote skin cancer because your eyes are being tricked into producing less melons, melon, or melanocyte, <laughs> melanie Sykes stimu- <laughs> stimulating hormone in the body. <laughs> melanie Sykes stimulate yeah. me. So that's scary, soup. isn't it? So sunglasses have... are like the vaccine for your eyes. No, not at all. They're the trick vaccine. You think you've been vaccinated because you've got dark sunglasses on. That theory And then your pupils with open too much up time. wide to receive all the light they can and then all the UV light gets in and drains your eyes or something. Shit. Yeah, nasty, isn't it? To finish off, I just want you to name as many types of sunglasses as you can. Okay, here we go. Okay. Speed round. All okay, right. ready. Ray-Bans. Aviators. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So well, yeah, put your shades on and just look fucking cool, everyone. I might put them back on just for yeah, our smart listening, yeah. so that you look oh. at equally like extra smart, so that I'm aloof and okay. possibly Let's even see. smarter. Whoa, <gasps> Josh! Yeah. Josh is back. <laughs> hey, Caroline. Josh. <laughs> so for our smart lesson this week, we've had a request in from a dumb listener called Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. And she says she wants to learn about how to complain politely but effectively. Boring topic, but I've just had a parcel nicked and I'm cross but don't want to grass. But more generally, I think women can be bad at this, especially if you have to be pushy. Mm. Definitely a good point. My tactic with this um, is even if somebody is completely in the wrong and I'm completely in the right... I what I like to do is just interject the word sorry as every third word. Yeah. That's yeah. how I deal I with that. I think that's pretty effective. Being pushy as well. I have really bad upper body strength, so I actually am really mm. bad at pushing, even doors sometimes. Wow. So maybe maybe it is a physical thing. Maybe yeah. we should go to the gym more. Yeah. What, what I like to do if I have to complain about something, um, rather than just be direct and talk about what's bothering me specifically, I like to hint at some personal trauma. Mm. Okay. I might be like, um, I see that you've taken all the milk and <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having a breakup right now. And just things are really weird. I don't know. I'm everywhere. I'm just everywhere. Um, so if they pe- make people very emotionally and physically uncomfortable around you, and then they'll just do what you want. Okay. Yeah. And if they're men, they'll be like, "God, she's probably on her period. I should just stay stay away. Otherwise, she'll chuck blood on me." Yeah, yeah. but she will, obviously. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So in Stephanie's situation, let's try and work this out for her. She's just okay. had a parcel nicked, and she's cross, but she doesn't want to grass. But. Who's she grassing on? Yeah, is it like a flatmate situation or is it a workplace? I think I think I'm thinking it's like an office situation where yeah. her parcel has disappeared. Hmm. So I think she should um, let's combine all of our tips, and I think she should sort of open the door halfway because she probably can't get fully in. She can't yeah. get. She's only got a foot in the door because she's a woman. Yeah. You know, um, and then just say, "Look, I'm really sorry. So sorry." Um, I've, I'm really sorry. I had a parcel. I'm sorry about that. I've ordered it off the internet with my own money. Sorry. And um, do you know what? I just... I've just... I've lost my job. <laughs> <laughs> and then Parcel Force will probably give her a free car yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, that's always a good tip. If you want to just complain loudly on Twitter and you'll just get a new thing, whatever it was. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good idea. Just tag the brand. You could also send a company-wide email saying, did anyone see my parcel? Also, I have cancer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Even if you don't, because that makes you popular with people. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have polio. It's yeah. back. 
Smash just the for again. me. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that was the delivery. Maybe you can say that the delivery was something really shit and specific to you. Like, oh, the um, plaster cast of my vagina was in there. Yeah. And um, I don't yes. know, uh, David, if you picked it up, but um, just in case, there's the plaster cast. Yeah. Or just, like, oh, there was. Just be careful my... if you open it. And uh, the anthrax, yeah. obviously. The anthrax, yeah. The glitter that would put men off. Mm. It's a box of glitter. It's a box of glitter. It's gonna go or fucking everywhere. She should actually order boxes of glitter to herself, and then she'll find the culprit when <gasps> yes! she sees the glitter on them. Oh my god! <laughs> Cracked Thanks. it. Cracked it. The smart woman lesson: everything can be solved by glitter. Yep. I mean, it can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Including Mariah Carey's film career. <laughs> Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you to Harry Harris for our sexy music, to Gavin Day for our arousing logo, and to Soho Radio Studios for the use of their leather room. <laughs> Thanks also to Stephanie for your smart lesson suggestion. If you enjoyed this podcast, please do go and rate it on the iTunes store so that other people know how stimulated you were by our soothing voices and shonky facts. <laughs> 365 day returns.